I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Red alert. All hands stand to battle stations. Luck has foils and attack positions. Prepare for battle! Autobots, roll out! Get ready, it's your weekly dose of nerd culture. All wings report in. With your crew, Obi-John Kenobi. Hello there. Commander Scott. Nothing amazing about it. I know this ship like the back of my hand. Julian. You tell him I'm coming! And hell's coming with me, you hear? And the Doc. Great Scott! Movies, TV, streaming, video games, comic books, board games, toys, collectibles, cosplay, conventions. If it's happening in the world of geekdom, we're talking about it. So lock and load, bag and board, and roll for initiative. We've got your... Nerd alert! Hello there, it's Obi-John Kenobi, your favorite host in all of podcasting, and welcome to an all-new Nerd Alert. we got a lot of ground to cover this week because we're taking a look back at the year that was 2021 in the world of nerd. Uh, you know, every year the uh, uh, Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences gets together to, to inflate their own egos and give themselves awards and celebrate the previous year's accomplishments. So we figured, you know what, if they can do it, why can't we? So this week, we are bringing you the first, the inaugural Nerdy Awards. Uh, and to do that, first joining me is my right-hand man, the man who keeps the nerd in the top Nerdy Tumi Network, the host, creator, and sole uh, showrunner of the fastest growing podcast on this network house rules ladies and gentlemen you know them you love them commander scott well first of all people who know me don't love me they tolerate me because i talk about shit like this and i'm going to talk about something that came across my radar here the last few weeks that i found very interesting um if i was to say to you norad what do you think of uh, mm, something that place national something and defense. The, it's anytime yeah. there's an alien movie, they go to NORAD. The, the NORAD does show up a lot in in, in alien movies and stuff. But there's no, a broom the, closet uh, labeled Stargate Command, I believe. <laughs> the uh, uh, the end does not stand for national. Actually, it stands for North American Aerospace Defense Command. Um. But in the 1950s, it hadn't become NORAD yet. It was called the Continental Air Defense Command. And basically what its job is, it, its job is, is, is at the time, uh, this, this job changed a little bit after 9-11, but it, at the time was tracking all inbound aircraft traffic to the United States. Oh. Um, and in December of 1955, the gentleman who was running um, NORAD was a, a gentleman by the name of Colonel Shoup, I think his name was. And on his desk sat two phones. One was a regular, just everyday average desk phone for the period. The other one was a red phone. We all know what the red phone has connotations of. He calls Batman. Um no, but sorry. Holy sorry, we're doing so much Batman content. I was just locked into that red phone. <laughs> so there were only like five people 
in the world that had this telephone number for this red phone. And in December of 1955, this phone rang. And Colonel Shoup walked over to his desk and he picked up the phone. And on the other end of it was a very young voice, very small voice that did not have any business being on this phone. And it literally just asked, is this Santa Claus? <laughs> and Shoup, of course, being the Air Force colonel and in, in charge of the job that he was, got a little annoyed because he thought it was a joke. Uh, and uh, he was a little terse with the person on their end, to which the, the little voice started to cry, and he realized that, that this wasn't a joke. Uh, so he kind of switched tones and started to ho-ho-ho and asked the voice if uh, the mother was around, if, if, if he could talk to the, the little voice's mother, and, and she said, yeah. And he said, my name is Colonel Shoup, and I'm with, you know, uh, the Air Command. Um, can you tell me how your child got a hold of this number? And she said, but what do you mean? There's a phone number to call Santa. It's in the Sears ad. So Sears had set up a hotline for kids to call Santa, but when the when when it was printed, they transposed two numbers and by random happenstance got what was going to become the North American Aerospace Defense Command hotline. Oof. Yikes. Yikes, Sears. Yikes. <laughs> but the ad was already printed. The damage was done. And so literally call after call started coming in on this line. So Shoop delegated uh, uh, like five different airmen to start answering calls as Santa Claus. <laughs> Jesus. Because he did not want, <laughs> hang on, he did not want to disappoint the children. Now, this is a difference in the time that we came from, the time that we're living in now. If you had kids calling NORAD today, whoever's in command would probably just shut the line down and say, that's it. But no, Shoop didn't want to disappoint the kids. So he made sure every single kid who called talked to Santa Claus. That is, you'd have Homeland Security all over that, and you'd have people protesting it because it's a religious yeah. thing. And why are there people answering the phone calls for, I don't know, whatever mascot uh, yeah, everyone exactly. else had? Yeah, yeah, it'd be a whole thing. Yeah. So, anyway, fast forward. First to of Christmas. all, first of all, good on him. That's yeah, awesome. Exactly. So, fast forward to Christmas Eve, 1955, several weeks later. Um, now, now in, in the office, they had a big glass, you know, map of the world in which they would basically, with, with uh, wet erase markers and stuff, they would, they would track all inbound traffic. They had the positions of everything. And when he walked in to, to uh, the office uh, on Christmas Eve 1955, there was a drawing of a sleigh with eight reindeer coming over the North Pole. Uh, and he asked his people, what is that? To which they were giggling and they said, Colonel, we're sorry, we're just making a joke. Do you want us to take it down? And he looked at it for a while and he, he says, no, leave it. And he called the radio station and he said, this is the commander of the combat alert center and we have an unidentified flying object. Well, it looked why it looks like a sleigh. So the radio stations would call him every hour and say, where's Santa now? And they would they would give out updates. And this continued as a tradition from this point on. For as long as he was in charge. And in fact, today on Christmas, you can log on to NORAD and they have a Santa tracker. And that's why NORAD has a Santa tracker. is because of this man. Number and one, Scott, that is a fantastic nerd fact. 
Number two, where was that last December? I didn't know it last December. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have something to add to Scott's story. Yes. Yeah. In 1993, uh, you know, Colonel Shoup was uh, commemorated in a song by the one and only Salt and Peppa. Really? Shoop, shoop, a doop, shoop, a doop, a doop, a doop. That is my thought. Just, just hit mute. How do I eject him from a call? Where's that button? So you had me there for a second because I don't don't listen to you know food condiments. As soon as he said a song, I was like, oh god, he's going salt and pepper. And I genuinely thought that that somebody had put him in a song. I'm sorry, I couldn't help it. I couldn't help myself. I just popped I, in there, right, Jay? I just couldn't help it. I googled it as soon as he said the name Shoop. I googled it to find out when it was released. Uh, so that voice bringing you all those wonderful <laughs> '90s music-related puns is joining us from somewhere in time and space, perhaps via a DeLorean, ladies and gentlemen. He's here. Just get used to it. Sorry, it's the Doc. Uh, to for our first annual nerdies, I thought it would be only appropriate to bring a quote from one of my favorite nerd movies, uh, and one of my favorite characters from that movie. You ready? Go. I thought I was looking at my mother's old douchebag, but that's in Ohio. Oh. <laughs> All right. So the three of us combined. Today's, uh, are, you, are your nerd alert hosts? Uh, and we've got a lot packed in here, so we don't want to be like the real Academy Awards and go over time and have to sort of play each other off. So. We're going to get going. Um, we're going to start with, if uh, no one has any objections, we're going to start with favorite video game of 2021. Anybody? Hello? 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 Hello. Okay. Yeah. Hi. Yeah. Hi. Okay. <laughs> so I guess I'll go first then. Uh, <laughs> my favorite video game of 2021 uh, and I say that because right now it would be Diablo because that's kind of how we are with video games is we, we, we tend to get hooked onto one for a while. Um, but that's not from 2021. So the one I'm doing most that was new in 2021. Uh, I feel like I'm kind of alone on this, but that's fine. It's fine. I'm not, I'm not upset by it. Uh, Aliens, Fireteam Elite. Uh, a, a online co-op uh, three squad fire team where you get together with your buddies and shoot aliens uh, using different classes of colonial marines and a plethora of different weapons um, I loved the game when it, when it came out because I'm a sucker for all things aliens uh, I think it did a really cool job of incorporating uh, elements of the alien lore uh, beyond just aliens uh, there's a lot of movies that just kind of focus in on on the second movie, and that's all you really get is just a rehash of the second movie. And there's definitely some of that to this game too, uh, but it incorporates things like the engineers and um, the 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 juggernaut spacecraft and things like that, uh, and adds some new stuff in there too. Uh, I thought it was a really cool, um, fun game to play. Gameplay is fun. It's just it's shooting hordes of aliens with different kinds of weapons, and it's got I think eight different classes of 
Colonial Marine you can play now um, with all different uh, special abilities and combinations of weapons. Um, but judging by how little we actually play, I think I'm alone on this one. But that was my favorite game. So, well, so when it comes to this game, of course, I, I don't I don't get I'm not as into the alien uh, uh, franchise as you are uh, and stuff, but. I don't mind playing this game, you know, with you in the dock and everything. I, I don't play it on my own because it's not in my wheelhouse. The the biggest thing I don't care for the game is uh, that it's that it's it's the zombie mode of games that we've seen forever, just with an alien skin on it uh, and stuff. So it's just like you said, hordes upon hordes upon hordes. Um, that's just not my go-to game gameplay, but that's fine. I got no problems playing it, you know, when I'm playing with you uh, and, and stuff because it's a fun game to play. Uh, with friends, uh, I found that the best tactic is to run forward as fast as possible uh, to the next to the next thing. Um, just just keep pushing forward as quickly as you can. Just run forward, run forward, leave everybody behind. It, it trust me, it just it, it helps a lot. Yes, let your fire yeah. team deal mm. with all the aliens you're activating right. as you go into new areas and just go to the next objective. The Scott Cox method of any video game. Run, <laughs> leave your party behind. Just run. Oh, he's already on to the objective. Never mind. Wait. The Rift Guardian's here. When did that happen? The Rift Guardian is dead. Never mind. Hey, you gotta keep up, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So and, and you're, you're perfectly valid in your um, assessments, Scott. It's definitely a game best played with friends. You can play it by yourself. You can have uh, bots fill in for your fire team. But it's definitely better played with friends, um, preferably ones who are patient and will walk to the objective as a team, as the game is called Fire Team. Um, but hey, <laughs> however you want to play it, go for it. Yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> that being said, we do need to get out and, and play it again because they've they've put a lot of new weapons and gear and stuff in the game. Um, you know the cool purple lasers from Terminator, and and you uh, know how like Terminator is is kind of um, uh, aliens and Terminator are kind of in the same universe. Not that there's a little crossover. Like Cyberdyne systems and Hyperdyne systems are all kind of in the same. So uh, this is a long way of me saying there's an awesome purple laser gun in the game now. Oh, yeah. So if you've ever wanted to shoot aliens with the Terminator laser, you can do that now. Sorry, Terminator but, plasma rifle. Sorry, but but is there a GI Joe accelerator suit that makes me sprint faster? Get out of here! <coughs> but Scott, we're all but, having but, a good time. You had to bring GI Joe accelerator suits into it. Scott, what does it accelerate? <laughs> Me. <laughs> <laughs> the reptilian boots of blazing speed plus 100% movement speed. Jason played a lot of hey. Diablo, can you tell? Hey, better than dwarven boots of jumping into spike ceilings. It, yeah, it's true. It's very true. <laughs> Anybody else? Favorite video game of 2021? Yes. And I will also be alone because I okay. literally am alone on this. Uh, so thanks to a wonderful gift from some friends of mine that I know, uh, I got upgraded to a PlayStation 4 this year. Well, last year. And Hey, wait uh, a minute. That, that that was supposed to be for Megan, not you. Have you right. been playing her PlayStation 4? Yes. Uh, uh, but uh, anyway, I digress. Um, 
I bought a lot of games for that. But really, I only got one new game in 2021, like new, new game. And it's Farm Simulator 22. Uh, <laughs> so that's good because I thought your favorite game in 2021 was going to be a Farm Simulator 2019. <laughs> no, no. It, so I'm, gl- uh, I'm glad you upgraded. <laughs> yeah. I, and the thing is, I did play a lot of Farm Simulator 2019 because it kills a lot of time. And when you're trying to kill time and your friends who you play online with are at work and your wife owns a bakery and it's the summer and you don't have a lot to do and and you're just like, you know what, I just want to waste some time playing a video game. I would play Farm Simulator 2019. Uh, But yeah, I got Farm Simulator 2022 for Christmas. And uh, when you said favorite video game, I was like, that's it. Um, What's cool about it, because... I'm a nerd, but I also enjoy Farm Simulator. Uh, The tractors are more realistic. And what I mean by that is like in most driving games, you hit the gas pedal, you go, right? You hit the brake, you stop, and then you reverse. Right? Okay. Okay. In Farm Simulator 2022, if you power shift or a manual transmission or it is not a continually variable transmission or an automatic transmission, you have to wait for your tractor to shift before you can speed up again. Uh, You don't get to shift it manually, which would be kind of cool, but also so time consuming. But uh, like, yeah, if you're cruising down the highway and you're holding down the R2 button, you actually have to wait for it to accelerate and then shift gears and then shift gears. when you're plowing fields and and planting crops it puts it in the correct gear and you can hear when you uh the details are just amazing when you start up and start up like a trailer that has a pto which is like so it's powered by the drive shaft of the tractor the tractor actually has higher revolutions you can hear in the game because it's speeding up its engine to both power the tractor and the equipment that it's pulling. Uh, I have a question, Jay. Yeah. Does it let you accurately recreate the experience of holding up traffic on a country road while you're driving your tractor? No, they hit you. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's the one thing I don't like. You can turn off traffic, but like cars do not react accurately. Um, I mean, they do. You can stop them. Like if you stop, but uh, if you cross traffic, they don't stop. Well, it sounds like you got some room for improvement for Farm Simulator 2023 there, guys. Uh, but my my favorite thing, though, is the fact that there are seasons and the seasons change and like everything around you changes with the seasons. So like in the spring and summer, the grass is green, the trees have leaves in the fall, the trees change color like the leaves change color on the trees. And in the winter, you can actually plow snow and snow blow. And, like, it, it's just a lot of fun. So, yeah, uh, there's my. So, so I bought I bought uh, Farm Simulator 2019 back when you first got that one. Yes. Uh, uh, to play with you. And unfortunately, we've only had the opportunity to really play together once. Yeah. Um, it was fun, though. Uh, I, I have to say. Um, I, I've never, I've never been a farmer. I've never grown up on a farm, but I, I grew up in rural Kentucky. I've been around, you know, tobacco farms and stuff. Um, 
but going into this game, I actually think the game is 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 fun. Uh, I would like to get uh, which one was it? Twenty twenty one. Twenty twenty two. Twenty twenty two. I'd like to get that so we can play that one together. Um, the, it, these games actually have a very large following. There's a lot of people out there who play these games. Uh, yeah. And they they love the the farm simulators and stuff. Uh, it has a very steep learning curve. Like when I first started 2019, you know, I was trying to do some jobs and stuff. And it's like, oh, you need, you know, you, you take on a contract to to harvest a field or something. And I'm like, okay, what kind of equipment do I need to do that? It doesn't, like, there's no prompts in game. You kind of got to go go research and figure out what kind of equipment you need and what attachments and stuff you need to buy. And, and then how to pick those up and take them to wherever and all that good stuff. Yeah. Um it's a lot of fun and once you figure it out it's it just sucks you in because you're just like ah, got to get this field planted um but there is a huge huge group of people that do both playstation and pc more pc though and the number of mods that people have created for this game is unbelievable um just you can just get online and look up farm simulator mods and people have put almost every piece of farming equipment you could possibly imagine into the game as a mod. Well, earlier this week, you know, I, I was I was at the Kubota Tractor Factory in in uh, Jefferson, Georgia. Yeah. Um, and you know, I I I reached out to you. I asked yeah. if your if your brother in law needed any parts for for a Kubota tractor while I was down there. I you know I, I offered, but you know you're like no 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 we're good. And I'm like well whatever you know I'm here. I just thought I'd ask. You could have brought me a whole Kubota. I would have taken a whole Kubota, but he's <laughs> he's he's set on tractors. Uh, so I unfortunately have only gotten to drive one uh, of his tractors in real life, uh, which is much more fun. <laughs> farm simulator i well, won't lie until you get a farm simulator vr Ooh. <laughs> well now i mean you know i i've driven okay cats are attacking yes they are um so uh you know i've driven tractors in my youth uh, mainly uh, uh an old john deere that my grandfather had uh international harvester but uh, my biggest claim to fame is I have driven a Massey Ferguson uh, uh, 19th century steam engine. Ooh. Yeah. And let me That'd tell you, cool. that's, uh, those things are a bastard to drive. Because, first of all, the way this works, the way the linkage works for the drive shaft to axle, you know? Yeah. So you got the steering wheel, which connects to not drive shaft. Sorry, it connects to the steering column, which is literally just a rod that goes straight down at an angle toward the front of the vehicle, right? Yeah, yeah. So there's a chain that is attached to one side of the axle, which which goes up to the steering column, wraps around the steering column, and then goes down to the other side. So what you're doing when you're turning the steering wheel is you're wrapping that chain up and you're pulling one side of the axle around. <laughs> Yeah. So you got to figure out where you want to start turning long before you get there to start that turn. <laughs> Cuz you got to take up slack and then start turn pulling it back the other way. Yeah, steam yeah. engines don't respond very quickly. Yeah. All right then. Stand. Farm Simulator 2022. Jay recommends it. Coxie. 
Do you have a favorite video game? Oh, sorry. Sorry. Um, the 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 cat attack that happened. I had to go resolve that real quick. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. So, what was the question? I'm sorry. Do Save you have a favorite video game of 2022? 2022? No, not yet. 2021. You gotta know I mention. Shut up. <laughs> Quippy and Scott. Damn it. <laughs> so. <laughs> You know, I was thinking about this, and I'm not entirely certain how to answer this, because I don't know if I played any... I don't know if I got any games. <laughs> okay, came so... Out let um, me rephrase, then, because I did... I did. Uh, I spec- was more specific on the next category, but is there a favorite video game that was new to you in 2021? Well, so in 2021... I, I, I found, I'm trying to think of anything that was new to me. Diablo wasn't new to me. Uh, I, I played that before and stuff. Uh, I, I would have to say the only thing that was new to me in 2021 was this little-known uh, video game uh, franchise that uh, had kind of gone under the radar uh, called, um, what is it, Uncharted? Was, was that it? Never uh, heard of it. It, it it got popular after uh, Nathan Fillion did a fan film on it. Oh, yeah, and and the Nathan Fillion fan film was just so awesome they decided to make a movie, but they couldn't get Nathan Fillion, you know, so they had to follow their backup, which was you know Tom Holland and everything. Um, <laughs> oh, so this is the tie-in video game for the movie that just came out that they already made four of. Gotcha. Exactly. Exactly. Um, that was quick of them. That was fast. It was. It was. Uh, I, I'd never heard of it before, and 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 a friend of mine uh, made me watch the the Uncharted Nathan. I'm I'm not lying to this. He made me watch the Nathan Fillion fan film for Uncharted. And I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. And he's like, yeah, I love the games. And I'm like, what games? <laughs> I didn't know anything about them. <laughs> so uh, so I picked up the remastered set, uh, and and I'm currently on the second one, I believe. Um, uh, and and they're interesting. They're 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 fun little you know first person shooters, uh, and all good all that good stuff. And I, I like mean a, third person. Are they third person? Oh, okay, yeah, third person then. Yeah, they are third person. <laughs> yeah. Like if you're playing a first person shooter, I don't think you're playing Uncharted, Scott. Sure, I am. It's got stormtroopers and everything. Right? No. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Diablo Seven. Uh... <laughs> Reaper of uh, Reaper of Corn, that one, yeah, yeah, that's a first-person shooter. The tractors and stuff. Sorry. Anyway. Anyway, but yeah, I would have to say, in 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 2021, uh, the only real new game that I got that was new to me was the Uncharted series. I don't I don't tend to play a lot of new games, so video games and stuff. Um, I mean, I did get Farm Simulator 2019 because Jay got it, so I picked that up. Um, and while I enjoy it and it's fun, Jay, I, and I like playing with you, I wouldn't call it my favorite. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, I, I think that was that was it for for new to me in 2021. Because uh, once again, I don't I don't do a lot of video game stuff. That's okay, buddy. Um. Although I am trying to figure out how to how to between now and then how to get me a, a PS5 because they're remastering Knights of the Old Republic for it. So, well, yeah, uh, those are still a bitch to come by. So, yes, they we'll are. 
damn chip shortages. Uh, all right, then. So there's our first category, uh, favorite new to us video games of 2021. And we're going to keep on trucking, keep this thing moving. So our next one, uh, where should we go? Get my list here. Let's, let's keep it with stuff. Stuff we got in 2021. What was everyone's best slash favorite nerd toy in 2021? I can start. Ooh, I got this. Okay. I hit me. Hit I got me, it. Hit me. Megan gave me one of the coolest Christmas presents. Well, hey, keep this PG, okay? Seriously, don't. <laughs> this is a family show. Does it start with a B? I said keep this family safe. I, I was I was talking about bubble gum. I don't know what you're. Oh, thinking. okay. Sorry. Jesus. Uh, Megan got me one of the coolest Christmas presents I've ever gotten in my life. Okay. She gave me the Space Shuttle Discovery and Hubble Space Telescope Lego set. That's pretty cool. Sir, that is both (laughs) nerdy and geeky at the same time. It is. it, It not is. It was... Like 2,300 pieces. And it took me a combined, I'd probably say, six or seven hours to complete. Uh, There were 17 bags of Legos. And multiple Snapchats of your progress while putting it together. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Um, It has a working cargo bay. It has... Uh, the cargo arm, um, the cockpit actually has seats in it. It has all the seats for the crew. Um, the uh, the rudder on the tail section can turn left and right as it would in regular operation. And it splits open like the actual space shuttle. Unfortunately, it does not have the parachute that comes out of the tail section to slow it down upon landing uh, because there are no brakes. Their landing gear... Fun fact, once the landing gear on the shuttle are down and locked, they cannot be retracted by the crew. So once they put the gear down, the gear are down until they land and then reset for another launch. Uh... It has working ailerons. I would say flaps, but they're not really flaps. They're mostly just ailerons. Um, it has working landing gear. The Hubble telescope was a lot of fun to put together, and the Hubble telescope can fit inside the cargo bay of the shuttle Discovery. Uh, it, yeah. For a space nerd like me that already has the Saturn V Apollo 11 rocket, which, fun fact, has 1,969 pieces to commemorate the fact that in 1969 it landed on the moon. Uh, this was a perfect gift for me. Well, technically, Saturn V rocket never landed on the moon. Well, you know, sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Just saying. It, for when the Apollo 11 mission landed on the moon. Yeah. Did your Hubble did did your Hubble come with an alternate mode where you can put it together, but it's broken from when Mike broke it? 
Well, actually, I was gonna I was gonna ask if you messed up putting the Hubble together the first time. You know. Yeah, I when they when they installed it the first time they messed up the mirror. Yeah, the problem was that when I put the mirror in the Hubble, um, I did not calculate for zero gravity. Mm -hmm. Uh, So my first pictures were fuzzy Mm -hmm. and we couldn't quite figure out why it was fuzzy until somebody said, oh. Did we shave this mirror to specifications for space or on Earth? Oh, wait, there's zero gravity in space. That probably hurts things. So here's what happens. (laughs) We did the calculations (laughs) up there in centimeters, right? But down here, we were on on inches. So what happened is, fuck, I think buried itself. Uh, The next one will be better. One of my favorite uh, Robin Williams stand-up bits. That uh, was a so great, great, great first toy, dude. Yep. Uh, I, I could tell you had a lot of fun putting it together. It was quite enjoyable. Nice. Uh, Scott, best nerd toy? I don't know. Oh. Once again, I don't buy a lot of toys. Well, okay, it doesn't have to literally be a toy. I mean, literally anything you would consider... A nerdy thing. Toy was kind of a casting a wide net. Well, I don't know. I mean, for Christmas, my wife didn't get me uh, uh, a magic wand. Uh, she got me. Uh, apparently, there was a conspiracy uh, amongst <laughs> a bunch of different people behind my back uh, because I've been looking for. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I may not be a huge Harry Potter fan, but I, I do like. The Harry Potter, I like the books, I like the movies, uh, and, and everything. And, you know, everybody goes out and gets their favorite wands. They get Harry's wand, they get the Elder wand, they get, you know, whatever and stuff. But um, uh, I, I my tastes when it comes to these things tend to lean somewhat more toward the eclectic. Uh, and uh, my favorite character in the whole series, even though he doesn't get enough love or book time or screen time, uh, is Mad Eye Moody, and I literally just wanted Mad Eye Moody's wand because he's Mad Eye Moody. And 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 at uh, I think it was Scarefest last year, there was uh, a vendor that had some knockoff wands, you know. Uh, and he had a, a Mad Eye Moody for like twenty bucks, and I kept looking at it all weekend. And and Nicole and I were were walking around, <coughs> uh, and and I made mention of it. I was I, I walked over, picked it up again for like the the umpteenth time. And I'm like, I don't know. I keep wanting to, you know, I keep looking. Ah, I don't know, everything like that. And, and apparently, she looked at it and said, "I don't know if she said it to me, but she's like, I, I think you could do better and and everything." And of course, I didn't get it. But little did I know that like the seeds of conspiracy were planted uh, that day. And and there was there was a bunch of people who were assisting her in acquiring for me for Christmas uh, the official Mad Eye Moody wand from the wizarding world of harry potter at universal studios yep yeah it uh, uh was uh, not dissimilar from like an oceans 13 movie <laughs> <sighs> but uh no as soon as she told me she wanted that for you for christmas i was like oh we will get him that mad moody wand because sir you are correct mad moody is the best character by far in the entire harry potter saga 
uh, I wanted to know why we haven't gotten a Mad Eye Moody origin movie yet. Mm-hmm. Can we be done with all the fantasy and just get some more Mad Eye Moody? And his wand, it's freaking badass. It is. Uh, it's heavy enough. If your spell fails, you can just bludgeon somebody with it. Yeah, you just flip it around, just pop them with that that uh, shillelagh stick end of it. Yeah. <laughs> so <clears throat> I told your wife, oh, we'll get one. Because uh, I knew we were going to to Orlando later that year, um, as fate would have it, because we weren't planning to go to Universal at all. But a friend of my wife's was going to be there in Universal specifically, and I was like, "Hey, can you do me a favor? Um, I need to get a Mad Eye Moody one for a buddy. Can you hook me up?" And she's like, I "Sure can." So went from your wife to me to my friend Amanda, who on their vacation with the kid made sure to stop by and pick up a Mad Eye Moody wand, which is good because the only place I got to look for wands on my trip was the gift shop at the airport, which did have a lot of wands, but not Mad Eye Moody's. <laughs> so our backup plan would have fallen through. Uh, the the plan C was I was literally going to wrap mine up and give it to you, and I'd just take the one from Amanda whenever we got to her. But because then there was an issue of Amanda getting it to me to give to your wife to wrap up. And then you and your wife were meeting for Christmas out of town. So it became a whole, okay, we got to figure. So literally my friend Amanda mailed it to your <laughs> wife's parents' house <laughs> to make sure it was where you guys were going to be on Christmas. So the reason your wife was still wrapping it before Christmas is because literally it got there like a couple days before you guys did. Wow. Yeah. That, that's, that's funny. Yeah. Um, and it's one of those ones. So I, I pride myself on my ability to, to guess the gift before unwrapping um but this one yeah i had i had no clue because there was nothing for me to go on she said nothing i said nothing i literally there was there was it was a complete surprise and i open it up and i'm i'm looking at it and i'm like huh <laughs> i was i was in stunned silence i didn't know what to make of it it was it was it was cool and i, I got it out and i, I played with it and and all that good stuff, and it was fun. And and since getting it, I like I said, I may or may not have started researching the technology that they use at Universal Studios to make the wands work in in the parks. Um, uh, to see if I could replicate it here in the house. <laughs> but just I say, think we should just take it to Universal so you can properly use your wand. I I would like to do that as well. That would be fun, but I don't know if that'll ever happen. I've got a bunch on the wall that I need to go use again too, so I can justify the price. Um, <laughs> I I would have to say I would have to say though, you know, I got that and I love it and it's great. Um, I, I would have to say I also got something else. Did I get it in 2021 or did I get it in 2022? You brought me the, the 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 other thing from the thing with the place that has the stuff. The other thing that you got to be a lot more specific than the thing that has the stuff. The, the card. <clears throat> oh, the box deck. Yes. I don't know if yeah, that was that 2021. Was yeah. that 2021? Yeah. Um, yeah, you, you brought me that back, and, and, and I really enjoy that. Uh, we haven't had a chance to have a, a proper Sabak poker night, but um, I'm looking forward to doing so. Well, that's a perfect segue to my favorite nerd toy of the year. Yeah. Uh, as Commander Scott mentioned, I was uh, fortunate enough. I got to take an off-world excursion to the planet of Batu this year, uh, which is nerd speak for I went to Disney World. I went to Star Wars Land. It was awesome. It had blue milk. Um, is it Batu Verata Nikto? It, it, <laughs> it, it freaking better be now. Uh, <laughs> you guys see the whole thing though. 
It's very specific. <laughs> um, no, I <laughs> I got to go to Disney this year, and I was, of course, being the nerd I am, I was pumped to go to Galaxy's Edge, aka Star Wars Land. Uh, specifically, well, for many reasons, but chiefest among them uh, was I, I shelled out a crap load of money. Uh, and I got to go through the experience of constructing my own lightsaber, um, which is just as awesome as it sounds. I don't want if you haven't, uh, you can you can go on YouTube and, and, and see people who've gone through the experience and, and videotape the whole thing. Um, but so when you get to Batuu, everything on the planet is is um, like everything is in character. Uh, the, the staff members are citizens of this planet that you are visiting and they will not break character. Uh, if you're looking for a bathroom, they don't know what a bathroom is. It's called a refresher, um, stuff like that. So every, and it, which is awesome for a nerd like me because I love role play and cosplay and shit like that. So I was, I was a pig and shit. But, but trying to get there, you can't say where do I build my lightsaber because again, in universe, no one's supposed to have lightsabers because the First Order is in charge and, you know, the Jedi are all gone. And what's a lightsaber? I don't know where you find that. You have to ask, where do I find scrap? Uh, and they'll point you in the right direction. So I, I get there and then you um, you get to pick basically one of four sets uh, that you want to build. Uh, there are five sections to each lightsaber and there are two options for each section depending on what set you want to go with. Uh, they have different names for them, like uh, peace and justice or power and control and blah, blah. What it amounts to is um, Sith, <laughs> um, uh, original trilogy style, prequel trilogy style, and like Old Republic, essentially, is how they, they theme these kind of parts. Um, so you go in and you pick what set you want. Then you go into this giant room. Uh, you have your station and they come by and you get a core. Every core is the same, but then you, you pick out your Kyber crystal. You go through all the pieces and assemble the saber you want. You put your saber in the, I'm doing air quotes, uh, charging station air quote, uh, which is their speak for, we attach the blade to it. Um, so the first time you ignite it and lift it up, it really does feel like the blade came out of nowhere. It's a really awesome experience. Um, they, they have, um, pre-recorded. It's basically, it's a show. It's a show you're participating in. Um, and at the end, some Jedi characters that I won't spoil come out and talk to you about it. And I may or may not have gotten choked up and a tear may have come down my cheek because, you know, a certain character from Star Wars was talking just to me, not the other 20 people in the room, just to me. Um, but it was awesome, and I got to spend the rest of the day walking around Galaxy's Edge with a lightsaber on my hip. So, win-win. Was it Obi-Wan Kenobi? Was Obi-Wan Kenobi talking to you? I will not spoil who it was, but you can go to YouTube and find the whole thing. So It was Obi-Wan Kenobi. And you can go to YouTube and, and watch the whole thing. That's the uh, only one that would make John choke up. If it was Obi-Wan, he's like, Obi-Wan's talking to me. It, it was not Obi-Wan Kenobi, actually. Yoda. He looks like a Muppet, but he's wrinkled in green. <laughs> and for see, real it, it it was it was legit frank oz doing it too so see now damn yes. it if i'd have known you were gonna go there i could have had the song queued up but no <laughs> weird al <laughs> or for the actual weird al, yeah weird al well get it ready for the end credits then everybody forget no. about it until the no. end credits. Yoda. Hey, Yoda. I said forget about it. oh sorry 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 so yes, uh, my favorite nerd toy. It's now it's displayed proudly on my shelf uh, in its custom uh, stand. 
Um, and the coolest part about the this the saber you build yourself is you can buy additional pieces of scrap. So if you do, if you're not happy with your pummel or your emitter or the grip or whatever, uh, you can go back up there and I think it's 25 bucks a pop. You can buy a different piece of scrap. Uh, so I have a uh, a grip on my saber from a different set than I actually built. Um, and the really cool part is you can change the kyber crystal in your saber. So say you built a green saber and you later like, oh man, I didn't know they had a yellow crystal. That would have been awesome. You can buy additional crystals and swap them out for your saber. You can swap out pieces. So even if you, you've gone through the experience and built the saber once, uh, you can continue to buy pieces of scrap or jump on uh, Thingiverse or the internet and people are modding the hell out of these. You can you can get 3D print files for custom pieces uh, to 3D print at home and really customize your lightsaber. Um, so the experience it doesn't stop when you get home. But they're awesome. They're, they're really fun to play with. So there you go. It's my, my favorite nerd toy. Nice. So I have a question about um, the whole Galaxy's Edge thing. I will be talking about it more later in the show. Well, but I, I I'll be I happy to answer questions. Well, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think inherently you would probably cover this because okay. of weird questions, and you know that. Um, no, the blue milk is not really milk. Is that <laughs> no, your question? Okay. No, no. Um, now we all know that when it comes to Disney World and everything, the 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 employees of Disney World who are the you know the characters on the street and everything, of course. Not just with Star Wars, but Disney as a whole. They don't break character when they're in front of the public. That's like a golden rule. And, and it's because Disney wants to create that 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 immersive experience you know, for their, their people. And, and I get that, and it's admirable. But when you say, like, you know, the, the citizens of Batu, the actors, they, they don't know what a bathroom is. They call it a refresher. They, don't, they, they, they won't respond to Jedi because the Jedi have been gone. You got you to gotta know for scrap. Um, but I'm going to assume there are people who don't do enough level of research to know this going in. So, <laughs> so I, I'm really curious, like at what, yes, point, at what point do they not break character, but like, how do they handle when a, when a, when a, when a guest just isn't getting it, they, they have to, they have so, to acquiesce at some point. They are. So first of all, the people inside galaxy's edge, particularly, uh, go through a lot of training to deal with with stuff just like that. And essentially, uh, I talked to a cast member, and, and they told me the, the rule of thumb basically is um, they will get on whatever level you're on. So if you're a mom with, like, three kids and you're looking frazzled and you just need to know where the bathroom is, you say, where are the bathrooms? They're not going to go through the, oh, what's a bathroom? What do you mean a refresher? Like, they're, they're, they're going to drop that, and they're just going to give you the two-finger Disney point to where the bathrooms are. It's a little right over here. Okay. Um, so it, it's it's but if you come up to them, bright suns, how are we doing? Like, you know, if you're throwing the lingo at them, they'll throw it back at you. I see. Um, I got into a debate with one of the photographers about whether or not the Millennium Falcon should be scrapped or not. Uh, his opinion was the thing is like six decades old. It's obsolete. Get rid of it. Me and the other photographer were like, dude, fastest hunk of junk in the galaxy. Uh, so, yeah, they'll 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 meet your level. Um, OK, so they yeah. kind of cue off of you. Yes. Yeah. Because and and the reason I ask that is is because like um, you know going to Ren fairs and and things of that nature and um, uh, playing you know role playing games and stuff online like I like the immersive stuff you know but when you get somebody that's just way too dedicated to it it can be annoying. Yes. 
you know. Um, and, and I was curious, because I've never been to Disney World, and I was curious how they handled that. So we were at Oga's Cantina, and I ordered a drink off the menu, and they were missing an ingredient. So rather than just saying, oh, sorry, we're out of that right now, uh, it was, well, so the first order has this blockaded, and we haven't been able to get a shipment of Melu run in for a while, so I, I don't currently have that on hand. Was the, rather than just saying we're out of stock of that, um, so yeah, so they'll it, it's, it's kind of situational, and like I said, if if you're throwing lingo at them, they'll throw it back at you. Um, they they kind of key off situational stuff. That's, that's, um, yeah. See, that's when you would say, uh, I, I I know a uh, you know I, I know uh, a, a couple of guys that could probably get you a mail on a mail on some some shit. run, mail run fruit, you know. Uh, I, I know a uh, shit. What the hell is Zeb? Is he a Cerulean? Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. I don't know a Cerulean that can get his hands on him. You know, shit, stuff like that. That'd be cool shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, again, uh, whatever level you want to throw at them, they'll go back to you with it. it, it that's part of what made it really fun, uh, and I'll, I'll talk about it more later. But uh, yeah, they, right. they they won't. <laughs> again, if you're you know if you're a frazzled parent juggling kids, and you're like, where's the bathrooms? Please, guy, where are the bathrooms? They're not going to be like, oh, you mean the refresher? It's like they know they're just going to like they they'll assess. Okay, you need the bathroom. I got this. Is an emergency. We're going to get you there. Um, yeah. But and uh, no, I'm getting ahead of myself. But yeah, uh, so there you go. Uh, lightsaber was awesome. Um, that was everyone's favorite toy, right? Yes. All right, let's keep it running. Favorite new to you board game? Oh, so I, I, th- this is the one that I when I looked at the 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 um, um, the categories, I'm like, oh yeah, I, I I know my favorite board game of 2021 hands down. Uh, so if you don't mind, uh, I please I take the lead on this one. Please do. Because uh, this is sort of in my wheelhouse. Um, and, and I've talked about this on one of our sister shows. Uh, I won't say which one uh, directly, but, you know, it, it has a wonderful cast of people. It's a collaborative effort amongst a lot of different people. Uh, it's not just one person doing everything. Uh, Scott. See, I've heard I've, I've heard that there's just one host of that show, though. Like, there's the one and only host. There's not. And you've been on that show, sir. So there there's is... there's one guy keeping everything together. And then there's just a bunch of of uh, uh, commentary people just chiming in. Yeah. He's, he's one like, guy doing his homework. He's like the force that, you know, binds the entire uh, podcast together. Look, all I'm saying is that show without Scott Cox is like a foot without a big toe. (laughs) (laughs) Reference (laughs) last week's show. (laughs) I think I broke Scott. (laughs) That's good. Wasn't expecting you to go with the the Sergeant Hulk strikes big toe. That's good. Sergeant Hulka is that big toe. Oh, anyway, uh, yes. so my, my favorite game of 2021, uh, it was it was a game that I heard about in 2021 that was actually kickstarted in 2020. So I didn't get on the Kickstarter, and uh, I was told about it like weeks before it fulfilled. And I'm like, oh shit! I wish I'd known about this ahead of time because this looks awesome. Uh, and last year at the Lexington Gaming Convention, uh, I just happened to be walking around, you know, the vendor area, 
uh, and I, I came across a vendor that had a copy of this game. And I'm like, holy shit, I wasn't expecting to see it in Kentucky. Um, uh, and, and so I'm like, that that's that's mine right now. I don't care. Give it to me, whatever it costs. I want it. I'm taking it, even if I have to, you know, like fight you for it. I'll take it. Uh, and this this game is called um, the USS Laffy um, by Catastrophe Games. Um, it was designed by a gentleman uh, named Mike uh, Hyman, who uh, is a history teacher in Juneau, Alaska. Uh, and in fact, he has been a guest on House Rules. You can listen to his episode talking about the game on on that podcast. No plugs for La Bamba. <laughs> That's a deep cut. You've been listening to this channel for a while. Um, so this is a single-player roll-and-write game. Uh, now, for those of you who don't get into into board games, what do I mean by that? Um, so first and foremost, um, uh, so single-player obviously means it's meant for one player. Um, and although there are rules for a two-player co-op mode, I've not had a chance to play with those rules yet. Um, roll-and-write the the most uh, the, the easiest way I can describe a roll and write to you would be the game Yahtzee. That's like the most popular roll and write game ever made, where you roll some kind of dice uh, and stuff, and you use the results uh, of your rolls and your re rolls to write uh, uh, scoring things in different slots, and, and you, you depending on the game, of course. The game is based on a ship. Uh, during World War II called the USS Laffey, or the ship that would not die. Um, I'm going to assume, because most people have not heard of this ship. Have you ever heard of it? Either of you? I have, but because I know you. so oh. That's true. Um, so the USS Laffey was a frigate that was assigned to a patrol station off the coast of Korea in World War II. And uh, in a span of 90 minutes, it was attacked by 30 Japanese kamikaze attacks. Jesus. Torpedo planes, bombers, kamikazes. For 90 minutes, it was under sustained attack. And she the kitchen did sink. not go down. Yeah, they threw everything but the kitchen sink at her. And she would not die. She did not go down. Um, and so... This is a wonderful, wonderful historical game. It's a wonderful solo game um, where so you, you have these two pads of paper. Uh, the One pad represents the forward section of the ship. The other pad represents the, the aft section of the ship. And, you know, and the, you've got different, you've, you've got uh, the different compartments, crew quarters, you've got AA guns, you've got the you know, uh, the engines, you've got the magazine, you've got the bridge, you've got just different compartments in, in each of these ships. And, and you've also got damage control teams. So at the beginning of your turn, you take your damage control teams, of which you have two, and you assign them to two different sections. And then depending on what sections you assign them to, there's an action that you can take that will help you do different things. Uh, and then after you assign your 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 uh, um, uh, DCTs, you can uh, well you go to the attack phase where uh, basically he has printed every plane 
right? So I think there's 30 of them. Uh, every plane that has uh, that attacked the USS Laffey, and each plane basically can convey a number of damage points uh, to the USS Laffey, and you roll for what section they're attacking that turn. And um, so there, I think it's three each. So you've got 30, 30 times three, which is going to come to be what ninety? Is that right? Uh, 90 points of damage uh, that's coming to the USS Laffey. Uh, and it can come in one of three types. It can either come as just straight damage, which is a black circle. It can come as a leak, meaning, you know, you, you, you sprung a hole in the, in the hull below the waterline, you've got a leak coming in. Um, or it can come as fire, if something gets set afire. Um, and so when it comes to the damage section, you take whatever damage types are on the next plane in line, and you transfer it to the target section, uh, and then you roll uh, 6d10. And you get to do this Yahtzee style. And by Yahtzee style, I mean you get two re-rolls. And like, re like, like numbers 1 through 5 are beneficial for you. So like 1 is a bridge action, which there's a different, which is different bridge actions you can take. Uh, two is, uh, repair leaks. Three is, uh, put out fires. Four is your 40 millimeter guns, which, which basically cross off damage of the next ones in line. And five is your five inch guns, which you can cross off damage off adjacent planes anywhere on the, the map. Um, six is a miss, meaning no damage. And then seven, eight, nine, and ten are not beneficial to you. They're detrimental to you. So, um, like seven is a, a, a new leak in the target compartment. Eight and nine are new fires in the target compartment. And number ten is an explosion in the target compartment. And when you have an explosion in the target compartment, you mark off a damage in that compartment and every adjacent compartment. So literally, the whole game is basically uh, damage uh, mitigation. Uh, is what you're trying you're trying to mitigate as much damage as possible to keep the ship afloat because you lose the game if you get eight or more damage in any two compartments or you lose the bridge if you lose the bridge then the game is over um and it's just a wonderful game uh it goes around all the way um early on you know playing it and stuff uh quickly figured out that there's a bridge action called clear skies where if you get enough bridge actions ticked off uh, to uh, to trigger clear skies, then basically the next turn you skip the Japanese attack phase. But you could still, you know, like shoot down planes. And that was kind of the broken strategy. Like literally because of that strategy, I would keep DRT teams in uh, the rudder, which allowed me to get more bridge actions. Uh, and I would bounce back and forth between the bridge, which gives you more bridge actions, um, and uh, the forward magazine. Um, and, and the reason I had to bounce back and forth is because there's a rule that says that you can't keep a DRT team or a DCT team. Actually, DCT team is a misnomer because the T stands for team. So I'd be saying DCT team team. And that's just Stay on target. Anyway, sorry. Um and uh, you can't keep them there more than one turn in a row. Uh, but I would keep them in those three spots. Um, and you would, you if you did it right and you had good rolls, you could keep clear skies throughout most of the game. For about 
60% of the game. Um, so when, when we had uh, the designer on house rules, that was one of the things I wanted to ask about. I'm like, this is a broken strategy. You know, has there been any discussion of it? And he actually re- uh, premiered on the show that uh, there was a revision to that rule. That when you do clear skies, yeah, you don't have damage, but you can't attack planes either because he had recognized that it was a strategy. So it was really good. And and of all the board new stuff I played in 2021, USS Laffy has to be my my favorite. So, um, that was really long, and I'm sorry. Uh, Scott. Yes, sir. I have to tell you something. Yes, sir. Because you will find this interesting. And and you will see. Hopefully, you will see the connection. Okay, so the Laffy was the ship that would not die, right? Correct. Prior to it being sent to the Pacific, it was involved in D-Day operations in Germany. After it completed its D-Day operations in Germany. It returned to Portsmouth, where she tied up alongside the battleship Nevada. Oh, the battleship Nevada. <laughs> yep. The two toughest ships. Well, I'm sorry. Two of the three toughest ships in U.S. naval history. So whatever weird <laughs> voodoo the Nevada had going on. Well, was uh, it, if you don't know what's going on with the Nevada, go back. Was it two weeks ago? Yeah. Well, a week or two, yeah, something like that. Get the whole but, story now, about that. Was it the Nevada that rubbed off on the Laffy, or was it the Laffy that rubbed off on the Nevada? The Wordle, they never know. But I am curious, what's the third, Scott? Oh, you got to go with USS Constitution. Old Ironsides or something. Oh, yep, 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 yeah. yep. Good, the yep, oldest good. commissioned warship afloat in the world today. But anyway, Scott, I had to I had to bring that up when I saw that, like, because I looked up the Laffy while you were talking about the the game. And I was like, I'm interested in this. And I saw yeah. that it was tied up alongside the Nevada. And I was like, no way. Yeah. I, what are the odds? If, if you are interested, sir, I will I will get you a copy. Um, at least something playable because you don't. Yeah. You don't actually I, I can I can because what I've done. So, like I said, it comes with two pads of paper. One pad of paper is the fore half of the ship. The the other half is the aft sh- uh, side yeah. of the ship. Um, but I don't use those. So what I did was I took one sheet of each pad and I laminated them. And I used dry erase markers. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I could put you together, you know, a, a board. You would and and get you some D tens and some cubes for the. Uh, you know, I could get you all the pieces. Or we quick. can buy him his own copy at the Lexicon Gaming Convention here in Lexington, Kentucky, April first to the, the third. I I I love your plug. Plug for the Bamba. I, I, I don't think of these things, but uh, the odds of Laffy being there again are probably low. Not not. Never tell me the odds. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, USS Laffy, the ship that would not die from Catastrophe Games, my favorite ship, my favorite game of 2021. Uh, yeah, if you get a chance and you like historical games and you're a fan of solo games, check that one out. Jay's favorite board game of 2021? Uh, again, these two crazy guys that I know that are friends of mine came to my wedding in Iowa. And gave your wife a PlayStation 4. 
And uh, one of them brought a board game that is centered around one of my all-time favorite movies. Uh, hey, Jay. And, yeah. This might, this might surprise you. I think we're about to have the same favorite game. Uh, and uh, we played it at the hotel that we were all staying at. And um, it, it will also lean into uh, a later category. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, it was a lot is of Is that fun. game Alien Fate of the Nostromo? It is. I had Robinsburger a good time. Games? Uh, yeah. Available now really, at your local Target? had a really, really good time playing that game um, down in the lounge. And uh, it was even more fun once we kind of did our own house rules on it. And uh, I believe we did an episode of house rules. And if you enjoy house rules, you can check out our newest show. <laughs> With the I'm one and machine. only host. The one and only host, the only host of the entire show, yeah. uh, Scott Cox. Yeah. Uh, so the game is called Alien Fate of the Nostromo from Ravensburger Games, like I've already said. Uh, but essentially, your board game, your your board, sorry, for the game, is the Nostromo ship from Alien. You're playing as one of the crew members after Kane has already popped out the alien. And your goal is to, you're given objectives at the start of the game. And your objective is to complete those to unveil your final objective to either hunt down the alien, uh, self-destruct the ship, escape the ship, whatever. Your final objective will tell you what your, your ultimate goal is. But while you're going about the ship doing your tasks, you've got to watch out for the alien because he'll pop up in places. There's even a mechanic that takes into account the cat, Jonesy, running around the ship and that it can give you a false alert. Uh, there's a crafting mechanism where you're collecting scrap to build things like flamethrowers and cat containers to get the cat out of the game. Um, well, they really do their homework as far as and everything that's in the game has a direct counterpart in the movie. They didn't make anything up. Um, like the cat container is there. The, the, the motion tracker is there. Um, everything that's there it has a direct comparison to the movie. So if you're a big fan of the first movie, Alien, you'll get a huge kick out of the game because they really did their homework. I think we even we were all kind of amazed when we were looking at the board and the acid drip from when they try to take the face hugger off. Uh, if you look at the medical bay, it's, there's, there's a burn in the floor that drips down three decks, just like in the movie. Uh, like the, the attention to detail, spot on. Yep. Um, yeah, but we did have a little issue with the way the alien moves, and then uh, JCB that that inspired us to kind of house rule the game a bit. Uh, also, that minifigure is epic. Yes, it is. I love it. I love that minifigure for Alien. Yeah, and it, uh, again, and I, I, I will talk. I'll say this every time we bring up a game from this company. I love this company. You can go get your own copy right now on the shelf at your local Target. It's about thirty-five bucks. And if you're not cued into the board game world, being able to find a game in a retail store on the shelf, hit or miss, uh, being able to find a game you really like that you know something like this, like any other company that had this license and was making a game, like you know the Aliens game that I have. You're looking at a couple hundred bucks 
uh, and tons of minifigs. And in that case, assembling the minifigs yourself, or in my case, giving them to Scott and saying, Scott, put these together. I don't know what to do. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but the fact that this game is ready to go right out of the box, uh, it's got your miniatures, it's got your games, it's got your pieces. It all fits in one nice box. It isn't overly huge. It won't take up a lot of space on your closet. You're not going to break the bank buying this game. Um, and the best part is the rules for the game. Once you've played a round or two of the game, you'll have it down. Um, they're very simple, straightforward games. There's not a lot of setup and not a lot of explaining. You know, you're not explaining the rules for 30 minutes before you start the game. Quick and easy to play. I love the company. Love the game. Um, fully agree, Jay. Good choice, John. Thanks, Jay. You've got good taste. I don't care what they say about you. Well, thanks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're going to keep this thing rolling because uh, we're going to start playing people off soon. Um, next, we are jumping to favorite new streaming show. This can be any show that debuted in 2021 on a streaming service. What do you guys got? <coughs> okay. Wow. Well, okay. I'll here's the. Then. Well, I was going to say, here's the problem. Uh-huh. The only the only show that I really really enjoyed streaming was The Mandalorian. Okay. And season 2 came out in 2020. Yep. Like at the end of 2020. Yep. And uh, I know Book of Boba Fett came out but again that was like 2022. Yep. And so for me there wasn't anything really count. huh? Neither one of those are eligible. Yeah. So the thing is, like, there was nothing I can I could really think of in 2021 that was streaming that I was like, oh my god, I have to watch it because you didn't stream anything else in 2021. Not that I can remember that like right, stuck then. in my head. Well, I, I guess you could say um, uh, the Bad Batch. Yeah. Well, I I think one of the problems that we're having here, and Jay and I both together, is that 2020, 2021, and 2022 are kind of all running together. Yes. <laughs> Megan and I had that same conversation. Everything, it all blends together, as, especially for me teaching, because, like, I look at years differently, I guess. Because for me, like, a teaching year starts in one calendar year and ends in the next everything just sort of blurs together and like i can't ever remember i'm like did that happen in 2020 did that was that 2021 did that just happen so yeah all right uh i I agree yeah we're gonna begrudgingly go with bad batch for jay then yeah i think he just remembered it happened i did like i yeah (laughs) that was in 2020 that was a thing yes yes it was it sure was (laughs) Uh, all right, then I'm going to jump in um, because I did streaming shows in the last year, uh, but far and away, uh, there were a lot to watch in 2021, especially if you're a Marvel fan. Oh, um, yeah. So no surprise, this is a Marvel series, um, but maybe not the one you thought of. Uh, it's the last Marvel series to come out in 2021. And in my opinion, they saved the best for last because it came out right around Christmas. And just like the tagline said, the best presents come with a bow. Hawkeye on Disney Plus, my hands down favorite new show streaming in 2021. 
um, for so many reasons. I love Hawkeye. I love Clint Barton, the character. Uh, I feel like Jamie Renner's never really got a chance to fully play out Clint Barton Hawkeye in a movie because he's always really good at doing a supporting character um, or having emo haircuts and tattoos. Um, that was his entire character development <laughs> in the last couple movies is he cut his hair and got some tattoos. Uh, so I love seeing that we're going to put the focus on Clint. Uh, even though he didn't share screen time with with introducing Kate Bishop, I'm fine with that because their relationship is awesome. Um and we we kind of front loaded with Kate Bishop, but we kind of had to because she's a brand new character. But I loved seeing Jamie Renner a get to go full Clint Barton. Uh, I loved seeing Marvel take a specific storyline from the comics and and kind of not not one for one beat for beat adapted, but kind of use that as a springboard. Um, the entire characterization of Clint is just like he's old <laughs> and tired, and he keeps trying to retire, and he keeps getting pulled back into the shenanigans. Um, and for the first few episodes, that's basically Clint. It's just, he's over it. Clint is just over everything. And I loved uh, you know, that paired with Kate, uh, who's experiencing it all for the first time and is like super you know, wide-eyed and excited about everything. <laughs> that duality was great. Um, and then, of course, the action was fantastic. Uh, there are some great action set pieces in this. We finally got to see Clint use a lot, you know, his full arsenal of trick arrows. Um, we got to see Lucky the Pizza Dog on screen. I mean, I put him right there with Beta Ray Bill as far as the things we'll probably never see in a Marvel movie. But dang it, they put him in there. Um, the tracksuit mafia. Uh, and then, of course, the big reveal. Um, freaking Kingpin is officially in the MCU now. So for me, the series, even though there were some subplots I didn't really care that much about, mostly all the stuff with Echo I didn't really care about. But that stuff aside, uh, this show was awesome for me. Every minute of this show was great, especially everything from uh, like episode three on is just like strap in roller coaster ride. I loved it. Yeah, well, I mean, so looking back at streaming shows in 2021, there's a lot of them that I liked and everything. And, and, and going into this once again... It, I'm with Jay on this. Things blend together. I'm like, I've done so much, or I've not done this, or not, I don't, I don't know what my what my favorite was. Like, I don't, I don't have anything. But you know, like looking at them, you know, you got the Mighty Duck streaming streaming series, which was which was fun. Uh, Superman and Lois, of course, premiered in 2021, which half of it was good. Um, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, uh, of course, a lot of Marvel stuff, like you said, uh, the Chucky series, WandaVision, uh, but Loki, but yeah, you know, when you mention uh, Hawkeye and everything, I'm like, yeah, you know, I, I really did. I loved Hawkeye, I love Jeremy Renner in this role, um, uh, and, and everything, uh, you get this these these little these little pieces of the Marvel universe that 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 doesn't make it onto the into the big screen like the tracksuit mafia and stuff. Uh, I was so very happy when they brought Vincent D'Onofrio in as Kingpin because you know in, in the Netflix stuff uh, he did a beautiful beautiful Kingpin and I really hope we get to see more of of that. Um, but my biggest thing when it comes to uh, the Hawkeye series is that <laughs> so uh, Kate Bishop's stepdad, I guess, 
I don't know if they actually got. Did they, did they actually get married in the series? I don't think so. I think mom got arrested before the wedding happened. So okay, but you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Yes, I know exactly. I think yeah. I know where you're going too. Yeah, exactly. It was like second to last episode. You know, when he's on the streets fighting, I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> and I went and looked it up. I'm like, holy shit, he's swordsman. <laughs> See, I thought you of all people would get that, Scott, because Swordsman was a relevant character when you were big yeah, into the comics. It was, it was, and everything. But for some odd reason, because of all the other stuff, they 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 buried it so subtly. I just, I didn't, I wasn't paying attention to it. Like, Scott, really, Scott, <laughs> there's nothing subtle about that mustache, oh, sir. It's very subtle. <laughs> I was so concentrated on the primary plot line that I just, I didn't, I didn't get it at all. He decorates his house with swords. The first time we see him in the auction, he's betting on a sword. His first big interaction with Kate is literally having a sword fight in the hallway of the apartment. Yeah, I don't know how you would put together that he's the swordsman. I don't. That's you're right. That's a big stretch. Well, you know. That might have been one of my favorite texts from Scott. <laughs> of yeah, so I finished Haka today. I didn't realize that was swordsman. I'm like what? <laughs> It didn't didn't even occur to me until like the second to last or last episode. Like, like if Jay or somebody had told me that, Adam, I'm like, yeah, well, Swordsman's kind of an obscure character. He hasn't yeah. really been relevant in the comics for a while. Don't worry about it; it's fine. Uh, but Scott, you of all people, I was like, he'll love he'll love this Swordsman. Nope, yeah. nope, didn't get it. It just completely <laughs> went over my head. Fair enough. Oh yeah, but um, no, I mean, yeah, Hawkeye. Uh, was 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 very very well done. Uh, Jeremy Renner, I agree. Like you said, he doesn't he hasn't gotten enough love. Um, with the MCU and everything. Um, I also really liked and and I I I think in my personal opinion, it's kind of a testament to Jeremy Renner's acting ability. Um, because he does have range. You know, oh, he's yeah. not a, he's not a one trick pony. Um, no, he may not have the best range in the world. He may not be a classically trained Shakespearean actor. Look, we can't all be Gary Oldman. We get it. Yeah, exactly. Something like that. But, you know, you get the comedy of Jeremy Renner, which is, is awesome. You know, we, we know he's got comedic chops because, and, and we, we, we get that with the, what was it? The second episode where he's doing the catch and release and they're asking him where Kate Bishop is and he's like I have no idea and she comes crashing through the ceiling and we get yep. the eye roll with the sigh yep. <laughs> it's beautiful so so he's got that intense action persona because we've seen that in the Avengers and stuff and we've seen that in the uh, um, uh, the Bourne movie that he did um, but then he's got the comedic chops that we saw in, in, in Hawkeye, which really got to shine. But then there's those, there's that really great scene where he's with, uh, I forget her name, but Natasha's sister. Oh, Yelena. Yeah. Yelena. He's that really great scene where he's with Yelena and he's, he's basically telling her what happened. And you, in my opinion, Jeremy Renner does a great job of, you see the pain in Hawkeye that he lost Natasha. I mean... And the guilt over... Yeah, that he and blames the guilt. For it. Yeah. And the survivor's guilt. Yeah, that, that he lived and she died and, 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 and everything. And 
I just think this this show does a really good job of showcasing Jeremy Renner's range. Once again, he may not be a Gary Oldman or a, you know <laughs> whoever, but yeah, he he does have range. He's not a one trick pony. Well, you brought Tom that up. Urban. I think one of my favorite moments in that, and, and they talk about this in the behind the scenes thing, is is the fight with him and Yelena at the end. If you watch that fight at the beginning, it's very technical. Uh, throwing moves and dropping bows and it's very choreographed and technical and as the fight progresses it degrades because it becomes more about the emotion in the scene and less about the fight by the end of that scene it's just Yelena in tears beating on Clint because she's you know, doesn't know how to deal with her grief over losing Natasha and it ends you know literally you know he, she's about to just like you know hit the finishing blow and he does the whistle that <clears throat> Elena and uh, Natasha used to do is like a call sign to each other. Yeah. And it's that moment that kind of she pauses up and that, you know, that, that's when he can finally then talk to her and be like, you know, look, I, I, I loved her and I missed her too. And then the, but, but the way that whole scene uh, is, is that fight is choreographed is again, starts out very MCU cool fight and just degrades into the fight. You know, the individual blows aren't as important as the emotion being traded. And this, the, the, the series as whole was great. And, and one big thing I have to say, uh, or praise I want to heap on it is we've talked about this in, in the past, but it's only six episodes, but all six episodes are fantastic. Uh, it is exactly as long as it needed to be. It did not. It never once felt like it was overstaying its welcome or that we were stalling for time or stretching stuff out. And it, it's, uh, a lot of the things you hear about with the streaming series and not just the Marvel stuff, but also like Book of Boba Fett and stuff is is pacing. Pacing is very important. Episode count is very important. And I think Hawkeye hit that sweet spot of it's exactly long enough. Everything gets time to breathe. Everything gets time to develop. Um, and it doesn't overstay its welcome. Yeah. Doesn't take five episodes to get interesting. Loki. <laughs> but yeah, I, there you I, go. Wait, yeah, yeah. No, it was uh, it was wonderful. In fact, I kind of want to go back and watch it again. <laughs> Uh, we're going to keep this train rolling. Uh, it's the thing every studio loves to trek out nowadays. The <laughs> legacy sequel. <laughs> Sorry. Is it because I said trek? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> loves to trot out. <laughs> let's not just make a sequel. Let's make a sequel to a movie that people loved 20 or 30 years ago. Uh, Jurassic Park's getting ready to do it again. We're going for the threequel legacy sequel. Um, so best legacy sequel of 2021. You know, I, I don't even think we have to go around the horn with this one. Uh, I think the best one is going to be well. Was it 2021 or was it 2022 when it actually premiered? Am I thinking? Am I, am I getting my years mixed up again? The one you were list, the one you went to watch, you ditched us for at the beginning, you know, before it we started. Came out in twenty twenty one, sir. It came out in November. Okay. I couldn't remember the exact yeah, month, but yeah. So since it's twenty twenty one, hands down, I mean, yeah, I think we're all gonna be pretty much on the same ticket as far as best one here. Just well, saying. Then say it, Scott. Uh, uh Spider Man No Way Home. <laughs> I was going to make an argument for that being a legacy sequel. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. 
No, I, I would not agree that that's a legacy. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hang on. Hang on. The Matrix Resurrections. Hang, hang on, hang on. Now, now that now that I say that, uh, as soon as I started thinking about it, I can see the argument that it's a legacy sequel because there is nothing new MCU in that damn movie other than Tom Holland. <sighs> Just trotting back all the old villains. Yep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, obviously it's Matrix um, uh, Resurrections. There you go. Yeah, clearly yeah. it's, it's that's that what one. I just yeah. said. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Matrix Resurrections. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Just thought wow. we kicked him out of here. No, it's did. Space Jam: A New Legacy, guys. Oh, oh God, oh. Jesus! What is this? Oh. The shittiest sequels that were made in 2021. Okay, so. All right. I was going to say, I've never seen that movie or the original Space Jam, and I hate that movie. All you're missing is a couple funny Bill Murray cameos. We can uh, skip past it. (laughs) (laughs) So the bar was maybe not set that high in 2021 for legacy sequels, but I think one rose above uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife, obviously, is what we're hinting at. Uh, It's the movie, and I'm sure the guys are going to give me shit again for this. It's the movie that was so great and maybe late coming to the show today. (laughs) Yeah, are you going deaf? <laughs> yep. All I know is I logged on to the call, you know, and 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 Obi John was there, and we tried to get uh, the doc in, and I think there were some hiccups on getting the doc in originally. Uh, and 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 Obi John may have lamented that you know uh, he and his wife were watching Ghostbusters Afterlife, and he had to leave the movie to come record the show, which. You know, you could tell he really, really didn't want to. He wanted to finish the movie again because it's such an awesome movie. And and the next thing I hear is, oh, wait, I've got to go close a window if you can hear the air quotes in my voice. Uh, and he gets up and he doesn't come back for about 15 minutes. Meanwhile, the doc logs on and all we can hear in the background is Ghostbusters Afterlife and stuff. And we're like, legit. Uh, John, are you, are you there? And, and, and the doc's like, what's going on? I'm like, I don't know. He left to go close the window. Now we're listening to Ghostbusters Afterlife. So he may have ditched us to go watch a movie. I don't know. Scott, hmm? clearly what happened is my mic shorted out. Because what <laughs> I said to you is, death <laughs> is but a door, time <laughs> is but a window, I'll be back. Oh, I see. Yeah. I see, yeah. Yeah, I didn't hear that at all. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Plus, there's a couple of funny text messages between uh, Scott and I. So there was, there was. Um, but also, uh, uh, the doc and I kind of spitballed a tie-in short. Uh, oh. oh yes, yes. Uh, this is great. Ghostbusters okay. Afterlife that needs to be okay. That okay. Needs to be discussed because all right. So well, hang on. So me, while, oh, go ahead. Hang on. So while we were listening to the end of Ghostbusters Afterlife blaring in our headsets, we hear the voice of Bill Murray say, yo, flat top, did you miss us? Which, spoilers for those who have seen the movie and not seen the movie or whatever, um, is when we get, you know, uh, 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 Pete Vinkman, Ray Stance, and Winston Zedmore popping back into the film. And they just kind of show GBs. The OGBs, they just kind of show up. And and then we hear Whitney, the wife of Obi John, say something like, Well, they just stroll up. Where the fuck's the car? 
and so and so um so obviously in the scene for those who have not seen the film this this scene the conflict the, the beginning or at the at the end the climax of this movie is taking place in the backyard of the house it's the back of the house and so I, I I told the doc I was like we need to we need a short now that that basically has the the guys showing up you know like they pull up in the taxi or whatever and you know like Pete's getting out and they're suiting up and and Ray's talking to the guy. And it's like, wait, who who's got the fare? I thought you had the fare. No, I got the fare. Winston's in the back with the trunk open. Did we bring all three packs? What's going on? And then geared up. It's got to be an Uber Deluxe or whatever. It's <laughs> See, that's what I I said. An Uber, like just the Uber pulling up in front of wherever to pick up the three guys. And the guy getting out and being like, "I'm your Uber driver. My name is Hassan. Do you do you have any luggage?" <laughs> just unho- like putting their packs in the back of this Uber. Yeah, <laughs> and, like at the airport. Uh, yeah. And then as as Scott said, you know, they they pull up and there's all this action going on in the background, yeah, like it's, it's, in the backyard. And, yeah, it's just behind the house. You can you can't see the details. It's just the flashing lights and the the streams going off and everything is there in the front getting dressed. <laughs> oh, I support anything that gives me more of those three guys suited up, uh, sucking in their guts as they zip. Their suits. <laughs> you know, maybe coming in the house, you know, trying to trying to figure out how to get to the backyard. They're in the house at one point, you know. Uh, Ray know. gets <laughs> distracted. There's a, there's just a scene of like Winston walking by a box of Twinkies. <laughs> well, or or you know, like Ray Peter finds the toaster. Well, or, you know, Peter's like, Ray, come on, we got something to do. What are you doing? I know Egon had an Aztec death with the whistle around here somewhere. It could help us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Anything else that ties podcast to Ray, I support it. <laughs> I want those two to have a podcast. I want I want I want the pod. Sorry, I want the episode of um, you want the oh, MCW. Yeah, I want that episode yeah. where <laughs> podcast is interviewing Ray Stance. Yeah. Mysteries. That. Mysteries of the Unknown Universe, the MTW. MTW. Yep. <sighs> really found his voice on the 46th episode. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so yeah, it's the movie I waited 30 years to get, and uh, for once, uh, it was worth the wait. This movie delivered. It gave me everything I wanted from a Ghostbuster sequel in the day we live of. Obviously, I can't go back to the 1990s and make a Ghostbusters 3. This is the next best thing. Um, so- Gave us all a chance to say goodbye to to Harold and to Egon and um, had fun with the Ghostbusters story and lore and expanded on it uh, while at the same time being very devoted uh, to the original. So uh, talking about this, it's it's very interesting. So I found something uh, here today that that I'm a little curious about. I haven't got a chance to watch the the video yet, uh-huh. um, but we know. That Ivan Reitman uh, stood in at some point for the body double for Harold Ramis for go for for Egon, correct? Yes, for some yes. insert shots, I believe. For insert shots and stuff. However, and, and, and I just saw a video of Ghostbusters Afterlife behind the scenes, where they're talking, where where um, um, J- 
Jason Reitman is talking about filming the scene, and apparently they also have they also had Bob Gunton fill in. Yeah, be, because they've got him with the Egon hair, and I guess because his head with the hair and facial structure lent itself very well to what you know they thought Egon, older Egon, would be. I believe he also doubles for him at the beginning of the film. I think in the credits he's listed as Dirt Farmer. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. I, I I didn't know that. Like I knew the 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 Ivan Reitman thing, and I just figured Ivan mm-hmm. Reitman was just the body double for it. But yeah, I didn't know Bob Gunton was in there as well. So yeah, I'm I I just saw this and I'm like, wow, that's that's cool. That's if you're not familiar with the name Bob Gunton, he's the warden from Shawshank Redemption. A very, very great character actor. Plays assholes very well. <laughs> There's a picture of him in Starfleet uniform. Yes, yes. He's uh, in the next generation. Oh, hell, I'm trying to remember which episode. I can't remember which episode off the top of my head. Um, but yeah, he's in He's in a next gen episode. Uh, he's also the, the dean of the, the college in Patch Adams. And he's an asshole in Star Trek as well. He, he plays an asshole. <laughs> anyway. Alrighty then. Trucking right along then. Unless Jay wanted to actually talk about Matrix Resurrections. Never saw it. Good. Keep it that way. You're doing yourself a favor, buddy. That is two and a half hours of your life. You'll never get back. Uh, all right. Um, unless we want to jump and skip to the last one, we are on best fight scene. I say jump and skip to the last one. Skip it on the last one. For the record, my nominee was going to be the Spider Men versus the Not Quite Sinister Six in Spider Man uh, No Way Home. So, moving right along, our final, the, the big award of these nerdies. Big award. Best nerd experience. Um, what thing did you do this year that looking back on, uh, for whatever reason, was both your most fun and nerdiest thing you did in 2021? I, I would like to kick this off. Kick the towers and light the fires, big daddy. Uh, and I'm going to kick it off with my wedding. And you might say, you might say, is that really the nerdiest thing you did? And the answer is no, the wedding itself was not. However, the fact that I had two people from Kentucky, well, three people from Kentucky, two of which that had never been to Iowa, come to visit me in Iowa, and I gave them the opportunity to explore my hometown and just nerd out. And not only that, but that I got to play board games in the lounge of the hotel that we were staying at while people were watching, I think, baseball. Yes, baseball. And uh, they were watching a baseball game and we were playing this board game. And there definitely were people who had split interest. Like, I caught them a few times. I don't know if you guys did, but people watching us play that board game 
while also trying to watch that baseball game. Um, that was no, Jay. I was trying to uh, save the Nostromo. I don't know what you were doing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> also, taking you guys to the Field of Dreams and uh, getting to explore Dubuque. So the entire like, weekend of your wedding. <laughs> yes. Like, just like there was a lot of nerdy, nerdy things that happened. Uh, also, some not nerdy things, but. For example, uh, Obi John's wife and the cops called on her. <laughs> um, <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> the, the 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 key's not working in this door. Uh, you're at the wrong door, Whitney. <laughs> you're at the wrong apartment, babe. <laughs> um, good times, but no, it was fun and getting letting. Scott get to see the Field of Dreams because I feel like he nerded out a little bit about the Field of Dreams. Uh, so um, I, I'm going to hop in here um, yeah. because, yeah. you know, when I was thinking about nerdy things that, that, that I've done and experiences that I've had over 2021, um, I, I'll be honest, I didn't really think about this that much. But now that you mention it, you know, going to the Field of Dreams was was very nerdy and very fun. I like film sets, you know, I like I like being in places, you know, where 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 things like that have, have happened and being able to see it and, and being able to put it in perspective. Like like being on on that field and going, there were cameras here. You know, Kevin Costner was here. They filmed here. You know, and everything is it's just nerdy as shit. Um my favorite part of that was when I went to start taking pictures and I went out the third baseline, the third base, and and I went to lay down <laughs> because I really wanted that low angle with the base and the foreground and the corn and the in, in, in the background and everything. Mm-hmm. And as I was going down, Whitney's like, oh, um, I don't think you want it, but you might not. Um, um, uh, oh, <laughs> she went into preschool teacher mode and she said you were going to be covered in dirt the whole rest of the day get up <laughs> off your stomach yeah, and all i remember hearing is obi john going he's in photographer mode he can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> his clothes and his body do not matter all that matters is the shot uh oh what else scott becomes that? a contortionist when he's trying to get a certain angle it is it is it is a thing to behold um also the the fourth street elevator was another nerdy moment for that was me. Good one. Uh, one moment, Jay. Jeez, take the whole weekend. Well, it's true. Well, I mean, and like, also the, but then again, there was the. <laughs> I'm giving you a hard time, bud. Uh, or or the fact that John and Whitney made eye contact with each other when Megan's song to walk down the aisle was the slowed down Jurassic Park theme. From the piano guys, she has see, good taste see, in music and men. I can't uh... <laughs> see now. I wouldn't know anything about that because I was stuck in the balcony running the music. I'm just saying. I was I was up and there. As we know, Scott doesn't anybody. hear music. <laughs> I couldn't see anybody at all. No one even knew I was up there. I knew I, you were there, Scott. All alone. 
I'm alone. Whatever. You had switches and buttons to play with. You were happy. Well, I had switches and buttons, but none of them were tied into what I was doing because I literally the uh, only thing I had was his cell phone. Like the switches uh, okay. and buttons meant nothing to me. The the only the only pleasure that I took in the switches and buttons was the frustration on the person running music at the next mass after I left. <laughs> Because I might have switched a few things. <laughs> nice. <laughs> you can't put Scott in your switches or knobs. He's going to touch them. Which is why Scott would have an amazing time at my nerdiest experience of the year. Which, don't get me wrong, um, Jason giving us the uh, pickup truck tour of downtown Dubuque, pretty nerdy. Uh, explaining the history of the 4th Street Elevator and the Lock and Dam uh, and that excursion into that state we don't talk about. It was pretty nerdy. Won't lie. Um, but like I said earlier in the show, um, as, as exotic as Iowa is, I did go off-world this year, last year. And let me tell you, Galaxy's Edge is awesome, especially for a Star Wars nerd. Um, the level of detail into the entire planet is amazing. Um, again, no one, no one tops Disney when it comes to uh, that level of immersion. Um, Universal's close, but man, let me tell you, uh, walking around, drinking my blue milk, uh, exploring random corners of Batu, um, cause Whitney and mom had long ditched me. Uh, they were ready to go back to the hotel and I was like, cool, see you later. Uh, I did not leave till about the time they were kicking people out of the park. I was there sun up to sundown. It was amazing. But of all the cool experiences I had there, this is going to sound very trivial. Unless you know what it means. I got to pull the lever, guys. Um, and Jay, I, I recommend you, and I recommend everybody here make a trip. Because if you ever want to really test your marriage, you need to go to Galaxy's Edge. You need to get on Smuggler's Run. And you and your wife, that's Whitney laughing in the background because she knows where this is going. You and your wife need to pilot the Millennium Falcon together. <laughs> one of you controls left and right movement. One controls up and down movement. One has the boost. One gets to set the ship into light speed. Uh, and if you're not working together, you're going to wreck the ship. Uh, now, that being said, uh, so Galaxy's Edge, uh, uh, Smuggler's Run, the entire ride is you and uh, five other people are crewing the Falcon. Um, so they're pilot, co-pilot, two engineers, two gunners, um, and you're running a mission. You're never going to like crash the ship game over, um, but the better you do, you might steal more coaxium, uh, you might shoot down more TIE fighters, whatever. It improves your score. Um and you can get the, the better you play, the longer your experience can go because some of those bonus missions might add a couple of minutes to your run. So you want to be a good crew. You want to know what you're doing. You want to have, especially your pilot and co-pilot working together. So you're not crashing into everything. Um, so that was interesting. Uh, I think we did a pretty good job. Uh, I believe we got the second coaxium uh, shipment. So, uh, you know, pretty good. Uh, there's a great shot of me and Whitney and the pilot and co-pilot cheat uh, fist bumping after a successful mission. Thanks, mom. Appreciate that picture. Uh, but guys, my nerdiest experience of 2021, of all the things I did, I can't tell you how 
immensely satisfying it is as someone who has watched this for decades to be sitting in the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon. And I don't mean like a ride simulator. Like when you're there, you're there. It is it is a exact copy of the Falcon cockpit. Buttons and switches, they all work, guys. Every button does something. Every switch flips. And it literally, you can just sit there and be a five-year-old pushing buttons all day. It's awesome. <laughs> but when you're told, pilot, make the jump to light speed, and you reach over, and you grab onto the light speed lever, and you pull down on it, and the whole ship shifts right into light speed. Oh, my God, you guys. I can't describe how immensely satisfying that was. What a nerd. Uh, so satisfying that I I completely subconsciously did the Han Solo as we jumped to light speed. Uh, are you sure? Later. Are you sure it was subconscious? I don't remember doing it at the time, but I was told I did it later. And by told, I mean I was scolded. Do you do it? Do you have to do that every time? Oh, um, yes, yes. Apparently, I do. <laughs> it, it's a requirement. Yeah, <laughs> it comes with the territory. Go to light speed. Time to yell Yahoo. Um, so yeah, that was that was awesome. Um, I did. I, I repeated that ride a bunch uh, when I was there. I just kept getting the single rider line and getting back on and putting the crew position. Uh, but I only got to do pilot a couple times, and that was for so many reasons my nerdiest favorite nerd uh, experience of 2021. Nice. Solid choice. Thank you. Yeah, it, yeah, it, it trumps uh, anything else that we could come up with. So, Yeah. I, I think visiting the Field of Dreams is pretty cool. V- visiting the Field of Dreams was immensely cool. I, I know your wife was certainly jealous. She was very upset with me. She may have cursed me a lot because I got to go and she didn't. So this summer, I, we are going to try and, and make a trip back up there, uh, Jay, to, to, to go back uh, and stuff. Uh, once she gets home from Florida, we will we will start coordinating that. Um, I'm down. Yeah. So, But I have to say, I have another nerd experience. Uh, that in 2021 that I really enjoyed. Okay, but uh, it, was it it's playing Farm Simulator 2019. It's not playing Farm Simulator 2019. Um, it's not going to compare to 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 going into light speed with the Millennium Falcon. I'm just going to put that out there. It's nowhere near that level. <laughs> Sorry, I set the bar kind of high. You did. You did. I thought you'd already gone. That's why I jumped in. Sorry. That's Scott. fine. That's fine. That's fine. And and I get it. And and being the Field of Dreams was Sorry. Sorry. was great. Um, because like I said, I, I had originally I I didn't think about that when I was trying to think about you know what were my nerd experiences. What what would I think of when I think of, you know, uh, Commander Scott nerding out, and Commander Scott nerds out on some very weird shit. You got to admit. Uh, so I'm I'm somewhat involved with the the local two of the local gaming conventions around here, one in Lexington and one in Cincinnati. And at Cincinnati last year, 
2021 October, Sin City Con, right? Yep. So when it comes to that convention, we have our vendors are set up uh, around the perimeter of the open gaming hall, okay? So because of the layout, we can't close vendors off when vendors shut down. Uh, vendors do shut down at about 6, 7 o'clock and go to the after party and do all their stuff. But the vending hall stays open to like 2 a.m. Uh, and because the gaming hall is open and the vendors' booths are, are accessible that entire time, uh, with Sin City Con, we have to have a member of Sin City Con presence in the gaming hall until the gaming hall closes. Uh, just to make sure, you know, nothing untoward happens. And so last year, and this was fun as shit. I still giggle over it. And I hope it happens again this year. It's like 1.30 in the morning, 2 o'clock in the morning, whatever time it was. Uh, everybody had finished up their gaming and we, we kicked everybody out. I was I was in the hall and I was making sure the doors were closed and locked, right? You know, and all that good stuff. And I was I was packing up some last minute stuff and the uh, the the hotel staff cleaning crew guy was there and he was he was driving around on the uh, the the rideable vacuum cleaner that they used to vacuum the whole thing and he and I got to talking and, and I'm like and I was talking about it and everything else like that and I was looking at the vacuum cleaner I was asking questions because that's what I do and he's like would you like to give it a try. And I'm like, I kind of would, actually. I may have had three or four bourbons at this point. <laughs> and he's like, well, shit, go ahead. He let me drive the rideable vacuum cleaner. <laughs> the carpet Zambui? Yes. The nice. carpet Zamboni. Yes. Around the, the, uh, around the gaming hall. Uh, how I didn't crash into tables and stuff, I have no idea, because I was buzzed quite well. Uh <laughs> but it was awesome. <laughs> nice. I, the next day at the convention, you know, I was talking with uh, some of the other, the other, uh, the the partners and the, the other staff and everything, and they were asking about the previous night. And I'm like, they're letting me drive the vacuum cleaner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was great, and I want to do it again so bad. Nice. So. Look for next year, uh, <laughs> Carpet Cleaner Simulator 2022 to be on Scott's best gaming list. Yep. Once again, once again, not the Millennium Falcon, but, you know. We're still hey, you're, you actually piloted something that was really moving. <laughs> I was in a flight simulator, so <laughs> you got that over me. You were allowed to drink and fly. I... <laughs> Well, allowed is a different word. I don't, I don't, I don't know if people have been drinking. You were permitted. <laughs> oh, but it was fun. It was, it was nice. Great. So yeah. Well, there you go. Um, so there are our favorite nerd things and experiences from the previous year. Uh, let us know what was your favorite legacy sequel. What was your favorite new video game? Um, do you agree that <laughs> Farm Simulator 2022 has the most realistic tractor? 
uh, do you agree about Hawkeye being the best streaming series? Let us know. What did we miss? What do you want to add to that? Uh, any categories you want to see for next year? We'll get nerdy with it. Um, until then, this has been your overtime nerd alert. I met them in a swamp down in Dingleball, where it bubbles like a chicken soda. soda. I saw the little wren sitting there on a log. Him his name and then a raspy voice he said everybody yoda <laughs> yoda 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 y